Hi, I'm Casey Hobbs. And I'm Shane Mason. And we're the hosts of Nurse Talk Radio. Please join us for this special edition podcast. What really inspired me was I was constantly hearing the refrain in debates about Social Security. Oh, they never intended this. They never intended that. In fact, um, the syndicated columnist Robert Samuelson had op-ed in the Washington Post, and it was syndicated, and it posed the question, would Franklin Roosevelt recognize the program with a clear, his clear conclusion, no, which is absurd. So what I thought was, well, you know, everybody's saying they thought this, they, they thought that. Let's go back and, and um, see what they, let them speak for themselves. They will obviously are no longer with us, but they have left a very rich written record. That was a short clip of our next guest from a previous interview. In just a moment, we'll talk with author and president of Social Security Works, Nancy Altman. Nancy's a frequent guest on Nurse Talk, and no one knows the facts and history better than Nancy. Altman makes her case in a provocative new book, The Truth About Social Security, The Founders' Words Refute Revisionist History, Zombie Lies, and Common Misunderstandings. She is a well-known progressive advocate for defending and expanding Social Security. She is also an expert on the program's history, having served as a staff member of the bipartisan 1983 commission that developed the most recent set of important reforms to Social Security. Nancy also serves on the Social Security Advisory Board, an independent bipartisan agency that advises the White House, Congress, and Social Security Administration. Nancy, welcome to Nurse Talk. So great to have you with us today. Thank you so much for having me. So let's start by testing your myth-busting skills. (laughs) Social Security is a driver of our national debt. Oh, boy, that is such a myth. Social Security does not add a penny to the debt or deficit. It is totally funded. Its money is in a trust fund. In fact, it can only pay benefits if it has sufficient revenue to cover the costs. And of course, it's always paid benefits, never missed a payment. So it is a a real myth that it's a way to undermine Social Security to say, oh, we got to cut it because of the debt. It has nothing to do with the debt. I mean, Paul Ryan lied to me. This is a real, <laughs> Shocking. A real loss of innocence here today. Shocking. So, and Mitt McConnell, <laughs> Mitch McConnell? Wow, I can't believe it. You know, one thing that I love to play, There's if you go on YouTube and look for Ronald Reagan's Social Security and the debt, he clearly says the truth, that it has nothing to do with the debt or deficit. And I like to play that in response to Paul Ryan and so forth, because that's not some, you know, right. liberal saying it. It's Ronald Reagan. Yeah. And and I think the American people understand this. Their money is earmarked, goes into the trust fund, and it goes to pay the benefits and related administrative costs. How about this one? Social Security is built on a house of cards. Its assets are just IOUs. Well, I love to tell people this is one of those zombie lies, because the very first person that I could find who called the Treasury bonds backed by the full faith and credit of the United States IOUs was Alf Landon in 1936, just after Social Security was enacted. And it was a big issue in the 1936 campaign, presidential campaign. And he talked about exactly that, that people were going to pay and pay, and all there was going to be were IOUs, and they'd never see their money. The fact of the matter is that the whole world flocks to buy treasury bonds backed by the full faith and credit of the United States because they are so valuable. And in fact, according to the latest trustees report, if you can believe it, there are $2.89 trillion in reserve. That's the surplus, according to the 2018 
Social Security Trustees Report. So, Nancy, the title of your book, The Truth About Social Security, also includes a tagline, The Founders' Words Refute Revisionist History, Zombie Lies, and Common Misunderstandings. Why is it so important to pay attention to the vision of the founders of Social Security? As you note, the program has always evolved and changed over time. Well, it's a wonderful question. There are several reasons. Part of the reason that spurred me to write it was I was so tired of people saying, oh, the people who created Social Security, they never intended it to be, you know, to benefits to be this high or any of that other sort of stuff. And so it's important to go back because the founders were extremely forward-looking. They really saw Social Security, what we today call Social Security, as part of economic security, which included a living wage. It actually included guaranteed employment, was what they thought. It should universal health insurance. They understood that as long as workers are dependent on wages, and of course we all are, you need wage insurance against the loss of those wages, and that's what Social Security is. We obviously can change the program if we want, but it was built on a very ingenious and strong foundation. So it's important to know in the current debate, part of the reason it's so popular is because it was based on basic American values, basic religious values, and the people who created it really understood the pulse of the American people. So if we want to deviate from it, we should know we're deviating. And if we want to follow in their footsteps, we should know what those footsteps are. I, for one, think now when Franklin Roosevelt signed Social Security into law on August 14, 1935, he spoke of the cornerstone on which to build. And one of my conclusions in the book is you hear today, oh, they'd never recognize the program. They would certainly recognize Social Security, but they'd be surprised that we didn't have Medicare for all because they thought universal guaranteed health insurance was on the horizon. They'd be surprised that the benefits weren't higher than they are. So what is the role of Social Security in the federal government's debt problems overall then? It's not. Social Security, as I say, has a has actually a two point eight nine trillion dollar surplus. It's actually a creditor of the federal government, which is a good thing because unlike China or other countries that could just decide to cash in all their treasury bonds, obviously Social Security trust funds and trustees are, are not going to do that. The government knows when new re- revenue is needed. So again, it is a pension plan separate and apart from the general fund, which is the part that has the deficit. This was part of the ingenuity of the founders. It was responsibly financed, and they wanted to make sure, as private pensions are, that there were sufficient resources to pay the benefits, and that's the way the system works. In fact, if there were ever a point where it could not pay benefits, benefits would be reduced automatically. It wouldn't take any kind of action of Congress. There is no way that this can contribute to the deficit unless the law were changed. We're talking with author and president of Social Security Works, Nancy Altman, about her new book, The Truth About Social Security. So why should Social Security not be means-tested? After all, Warren Buffett and Bill Gates don't need Social Security benefits, right? Well, they probably don't need fire insurance either, but if their houses burned down and they have fire insurance, you'd never say, hey, they got too much money. They don't need it. The point is that this is part of Americans' compensation. We do have 
means-tested supplemental security income, which is a companion program of Social Security, and that should be increased along with increasing Social Security. But the idea of Social Security, it's insurance, not welfare. The difference is that welfare alleviates poverty. Social Security prevents you from falling into poverty in the first place. So if you means-test it the way SSI is, all of a sudden it changes. Even if you say, you know, you make it very high, right now what you have to do to claim Social Security is prove something positive about yourself, that you've earned enough and you've contributed enough undercover employment that you have earned these benefits. As I say, it's part of your compensation package. All of a sudden, if it's means tested, you have to show, hey, I'm, I'm not so rich that I can't afford it, that I don't need it. The point is, it's not based on need. It's insurance, the same way fire insurance, car insurance, any other insurance. Bill Gates and Warren Buffett and anyone else doesn't have to claim their Social Security if they don't want to. And in fact, there are gifts to the Social Security Trust Fund every year. But they've earned it the same way they've earned their salaries. And it would be just as wrong to say, hey, you don't need your salary. We're going to take 100% of it. As to say, you don't need your Social Security. We're going to take that. It's all part of the compensation all of us earn. Good point. Nancy, is there anything else you'd like to share with us today? Yes. Yeah, something very exciting is happening in the area of Social Security. And that is we really dodged a bullet by this recent election with the House going into Democratic control because the Republicans were already, Mitch McConnell just a few weeks before the election was talking about the need to cut Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. The new chairman of the Social Security subcommittee is a man by the name of John Larson, representative from Connecticut. He is very much in favor of expanding Social Security and has a bill called the Social Security 2100 Act because it ensures the benefits can be paid in full through the 21st century. He is planning to introduce his bill on FDR's birthday, this January 30th. He already has 180 co-sponsors in the House of Representatives. He's hoping to have more, and I'm sure he will, because the new members all ran on expanding Social Security, and he plans to hold hearings not just in Washington, but all around the country and really push the issue that we should be expanding Social Security. So stay tuned and look for that. I think it's, it's going to, we're going to really see forward progress in all of our goal to make sure that we have greater economic security. That's so important. So your book is available on Amazon, and where else is it available? It's available in bookstores, independent bookstores, and as you say, online. And in libraries, too, I hope. So people don't have to to buy it, but I hope people do read it, because it really is inspirational what the founders created. And it's really a kind of pay-it-forward. We are now reaping the rewards of their vision. And what I'd like to see is our generation expand Social Security for the next generation. From your lips to God's ears, that's for certain. To learn more about this topic in the book, visit socialsecurityworks.org or nursetalksite.com. Thanks, Nancy, for your great work and also for being with us today. We really appreciate your time. Well, thank you so much. 